Hi, everyone. What's going on? It's Mellow Mondays. Every Monday at 7 p.m. How y'all doing? I'll just give it a few seconds. 30 seconds before I start. But another story's coming round all over town. Guess you think I'm lying, or maybe that I'm down. But in the end, you know what it goes will come around. Mm -hmm. We could have been doing just great, but you throw a good thing away. We're all everyone how's everyone doing so my name is Wanda let me just take this thing out uh, where are I? and I am the founder um, of salty coffee podcast and salty coffee started last year with the intention to um, empower inspire entertain and inform um, topics include uh, parenting, relationships, finances, education, workforce, and probably a lot more. So I'm not a specialist. I'm not a finance, you know, professional. I'm not um, a relationship expert. I'm not a uh, therapist, medical. I'm just me. And I was, I'm 51 years old. I was born in Brooklyn raised in um, Washington Heights, and now I live in the Bronx. And I've been working for a private institution for 30 plus years. And I noticed that a lot of people my age um, are not able to retire. They have to wait another uh, or play catch up. So I am so gladful that when I was 20 and I started working where I work at now, I had someone who really sat down with me and taught me financial literacy. And even though I went through it while I was blind and not knowing what to do, these are the, the magic thing that the person told me was, you know, just live within your means and just let it sit there and you'll see that it will grow. So investment and financial literacy is something that I'm learning more about now, you know, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but needless to say, I would like to share that information with others so that now that it looks like we're in a transition, transitioning from the global economic to just, you know, from the traditional investing to cryptocurrency and so on, it, it looks like there's going to be a shift. And what's that going to look like for our children? So this podcast will have topics in related to that. So what um, if today is April? 15, April 5th, and it's Monday. And if um, you miss, uh, if you miss 
this live, you can always go back. Hi, Eric. How are you? Welcome. You can always go back. And uh, I am on Anchor. I'm on Spotify. <clears throat> You'll see all of all of the lives are then pre-recorded um, on audio into these platforms because podcasting is really podcasting and it's audio. Um, I started doing vlogging, which is YouTube and Facebook videos so that I can bring in more people. And then, you know, it's just more visible. But the podcasting, uh, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of podcasters, by the way. But um, so Anchor, Spotify, you can always find me on Radio Public. You can find me on Google Podcasts. You can find me on Breaker. And you can find me on YouTube. And the one important place that I would say would be the best way to find me in the event that um, social media goes into a halt or you're not going to be able to like reach to me because for whatever reason, Facebook or all these other Instagram, whatever, is not available. You can always find me on my personal website. So with that said, um, I am a 51-year-old woman. I think I said that already. And I... <laughs> Oh, the stereo. I'm also on stereo, yes. And I do need the stereo. So stereo is sort of like um, a clubhouse, but it's more open and not. It's more. It's more inclusive. So it's not as you know people would think. Um, clubhouse is a little more exclusive and non-inclusive. <laughs> it's just weird. But stereo is the place to be if you want to connect with younger people. And, you know, I think it's important to connect with younger people and what they think and teach them also. So I have a great announcement. So uh, Oswald Felis is the person who was elected um, for District 15 council person. And here he is already at work. And I'm want to congratulate Oswald for a great job and I'm going to be holding him accountable for everything that's not done. And I, I trust that he's the best elected person for that. So congratulations again. And if you want to see my interview with him, you can always go back to any of the previous um, platforms that I mentioned before. Um, I have, like, I've been, re okay, so one of the things that I enjoy in life is arts, right? I love the arts. And it's going to be in this order, dance. I love dance. Any form of dancing is what I enjoy to watch and I enjoy to do. So I was a professional folklore dancer for South American and Caribbean music, and it was the Ballet Quisqueya with Normaldia Maldonado. And I enjoy music. So music is the second, you know, um, dance is first, music is second. And um, with that said, 
if you are a DJ or you are someone who is interested, I want to let you know that this summer I will be out doing some very fun stuff finally. Um, by the way, I do feel a lot better. Um, I did. I think I mentioned that already, but I'm really not myself. <laughs> um, so this June 25th and June 26th, I will be in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. And there's a DJ Kelly Kell who um, has the Columbia House Project, music project. And she will be... Um, having an event for these two days and it's a free event but you know if you want to stay in a hotel if you're from new york and you're going from new york i highly recommend that you come and join us um salty coffee if you're not able to make it salty coffee will be there um broadcasting the event live and the hope is that i will be interviewing all of the djs while I'm there all together at once. So that's going to be fun. But I am um, sending invitations to invite uh, Kelly Kells to um, come to the podcast so that she can talk a little bit more about what the Columbia House Project means uh, to her and what is what does that look like? And, and I want to get to know South Carolina because it may be a place that I may consider to retire or... Um, or I can give you information. So this, the second thing, the third thing that I like to do is I love to travel. Um, traveling has been one of my best things to do. So I have been to Tokyo. I have been to Paris. I've been to mostly all of the Caribbean islands in Mexico. And, you know, I think traveling has brought me a sense of who I am and and I have a lot of compassion for people in the tourism industry because they really don't get paid um, what they should get paid. Court, your female DJs, these people um, work hard every day to give what I call essential music. House music is from the soul. Um, it could be vocal, it could be Afro, it could be deep, it could be um, many different levels of house. But one thing that I know for sure with house music is that you just don't have um, the the time to to even like it, it's just spiritual music. Hey Jay, welcome. Thank you for attending um and i'm glad that you're here <laughs> no need to rush um but um djs fall in love with the technical part of it um djs do countless hours of bringing sets in together and I, for for whatever reason i don't understand why djs are not um part of the you know, the movement of being an essential employee. Like, I don't understand what is wrong with our society when it comes to the arts. Um, any form of art is healing. Music is healing. Music, you can meditate to it. You can dance to it. You can 
I mean, it can literally change your uh, vibrations and how you feel that day. So I think we, all of us collectively, we need to support our DJs and we need to um, feel the need to advocate for all of them to make sure that this is part of like an essential employee type of thing, more so than a yoga um, platform or uh, or gym. You know, when people dance house music, they're dancing and they're healing at the same time. And I think it's very important um, to emphasize that and to, you know, support them. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, come on over, play this music. And, and people don't realize how much it takes to the person who's who has the talent and the art to put it together. They don't really understand it. And I think um, they're underserved, underprivileged. And maybe if they all unionized, who knows? Um, you know, and um, create their own things, who knows? But once again, this is June 25th. And June 26th is the all-female lineup. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I will be promoting this on all of the Mellow Mondays. So if you missed it this time, don't worry. I will announce it again. Um, so with that said, I am going to go and start with the poetry contest. So if you have children in the background, Please know that um, I'm giving a disclaimer now. Uh, I should have given it in the beginning, but uh, some of these poems are explicit and adult content, and I don't want um, any myself to get in trouble. But um, is everyone ready? Uh, one of the contestants is here tonight. So if you have any questions, please feel free to um, join. So I'm going to play the first poem by Tatiana J. And it's Unlock Me. So when you go to my website, www.saltycoffeellc.com, you'll find the poems there. You can listen to them there and you can vote right next to them there. You can vote as many times as you want. Um, I do know that the email is required. If you have the same email, it doesn't matter. Just that's fine. So with that said, I'm going to play Tatiana's first Unlock Me. Unlock Me. She came unexpected as she wrapped her comfortable wings around me, stating that I was safe to love again. She discovered me when I was at my coldest and darkest moments. I had given up on knowing the word love as it became one of my worst enemies who I hated to face. Her conversations made me feel complete and not threatened by the words she would choose. I knew she was different and not like the rest, who forced me into isolation of cruel thoughts against all who would want to give me love. As I was damaged beyond repairs, I thought it would be difficult to create a key that could rescue me to find freedom from within myself. As I enslaved myself from ever finding happiness, I now love without judgmental thoughts to push true love away. It's a battlefield trying to stay on the same track without falling back into that dark hole that waits for me. To live there for eternity, yet with her I say keep waiting 
as I am comfortable where I reach, reach every day. As I now have my master key, please unlock me. That was Unlock Me by Tatiana J. And if you go to www.saltycoffeellc.com, you're going to click, you're going to scroll, and then you're going to click on vote here, and it's going to take you to a form. So the next one is by, it's called Life by Lawrence Johnson. And so people were able to submit more than one po poetry, poems. And so two people, five poems. So um, this one is life and it's very emotional and very, um, so if you have any comments, please leave your comments on here. Uh, Jay Lawrence is here. So if you have any questions or feedback, you can also put them on when you go vote. Um, but here's life. Life. We are born, but first created as concept of hope and the ones that anticipate our arrival. While we are yet forming, what is being done to the one carrying us or being said to her? What she feels, we feel. And so nine months later, we are either passive or aggressive, or passive aggressive. Survival is an instinct. Ideas are created and opinions are formed. They develop us. If we do not take the time to remember our childhood, we may become bitter adults. It happens all so fast. Once we learn to walk, we want to go. Before you know it, we are in grade school. Then the patterns are recognized. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And then all over again, only to realize we are getting older. Now we are making decisions for ourselves and others. So much to process to be continued. So if you want to hear that one again, um, feel free to visit www.saltycoffeellc.com and vote or listen to them there. You can vote for more than one poem. Unfortunately, you have to send one form for each vote. Um, or you can select one poem and then on the notes, leave your feedback and say, I'll vote for all four if you just want to submit one. We'll take it that way. Remember, the winner gets $200. So it's not by the person who's submitting the poem, it's by the poetry that was submitted that um, makes the winner. The winner gets $200. So um, I'm going to skip the evolving love for a minute. And we're going to go into um, the love scars that one earns by Lawrence Johnson. Again, Lawrence J is here um, with us. So if you have any questions or comments right now, feel free to do so. And um, here is the love scars that one earns. I love this one. 
the love scars that one earns. Hurts heal, and the wounds are a reminder of what happened. As the former wound now toughens the skin, so shall your heart become with the wounds of the emotions. Hurt and disappointment has been in our lives so much that the opposite, the very things we pray for, frighten us. To change our way of thinking will require us to have quiet moments to reflect on the fact that everything that has happened to us has brought us to this moment. We must embrace the good times because we have earned them and deserve them. So that was um, the love scars that one earns. Um, once again, if you want to vote or listen to the other ones, if you just walked in, you can visit www.saltycoffeellc.com and listen to them again um, individually. And you can vote next to each poem. You'll find the vote here. Um, the vote is a form. You can fill out one form with one email address and um, submit your, um, like if you select one, uh, one form and you select one poem, I prefer that you would su select, you know, one poem for as many, I don't know, whichever way you feel comfortable, if that doesn't work, um, write a note on feedback, okay? And now you're going to listen to Black is Beautiful by Tatiana J. I'll leave, I'll leave the explicit one for last because that one is longer. And um, once again, if you have children listening, please make sure you send them somewhere or you have your headphones on. Black is beautiful. You're so beautiful. Why am I beautiful? Because all black is beautiful. My black isn't beautiful. What do you mean? Why am I beautiful? Because you're not the average black girl. What is the average black girl? Ghetto, loud, big eyes, big hips, and big ass. Am I not the average black girl because my eyes are smaller? Or is it because my hips don't extend more like the average black girl? The average black girl to me is whoever is strong enough to love who they are. Small or big, tall or short, thick or slim. To you, all black is beautiful. But does she feel her black is beautiful? Before you go saying all black is beautiful, ask her does she feel her black is beautiful. If she says no, help her know her blackness is beautiful. Be on the out of you. Then she will know her black is beautiful. If you need to vote, so voting ends April 15th, um, 11.59 p.m. So April 16th, I will give it a couple of more days to have the contestants submit their, um, you know, share their uh, voting um, where people can vote for their poems. And please feel free to share this with your friends and family. Um, once again, the website is the best place for you to go. 
And now I'm going to um, play The Evolving Love of One Man's Continuous Journey by Lawrence J. If love is blind, then I got my eyesight back some time ago. Aging has a way of making a man go from looking at your thighs to staring in your eyes and behold the windows of your soul. When I was young, dumb, and filled with cum, I could not see beyond my infatuation with sex. The way the lips of her country looked, the reaction she made with each stroke, the thank you she gave me by covering my shaft with the white cream of her pleasure the screams of satisfaction with the licks on her clit. Those feelings pale in comparison of what life taught me, because no one told me that those women's hearts were connected to their vaginas. And while a lot of them were falling in love, I was falling in lust. Love is acquired when one learns how to love, and one cannot learn to love until they learn self-love first. If you do not love yourself, how can you know what you want? Infatuation taught me true hurt and heartbreak because companionship cannot be found with someone more selfish than you. Heartbreak taught me pain. Pain taught me loneliness. Loneliness taught me self-examination. Self-examination showed me who I really am. It was that person who I introduced myself to that I fell in love with. That is the person that has compassion and understanding. That is the person that knows how to give as well as receive. It is the man that sees the real woman he is with. The man that loves the look of your body, the scent of your DNA, and the taste of your juices flowing. For now, loving you means loving me. And with so much in life left to discover, love is good, but it begins with you. Well, well, well. What do you guys think? Any comments? <laughs> so, Jay, thank you so much for stopping by and um, being part of this contest um that was interesting to say the least how's everyone doing look at my my grays isn't that crazy but um don't forget april 15th is the deadline to submit your votes um it should be very interesting i can't wait to see the results. 
And um, with that said, does anybody have any questions? Eric, Jay, um, I'm in four platforms right now, so I can't really tell who's responding where. <laughs> you did get me beat with the grays, but they're in there, trust me. I'm just hiding them a little. But um, I wanted Eric and Jay's opinion because I think um, conversations about relationships, um, especially after hearing that um, whole poem, is pretty interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm trying to convince both of y'all. <laughs> All right, Eric, you said no. Fine, fine. But if you find, oh, I was like, why does my hair look blonde? But if you um, want to do something or if you know someone, just let, let them know. I mean, I've heard it over and over again about me being the type of person that's open to listening to people. But we'll see. Um, so you want to, yes, you can call in. Um, the number is here and I'll pick it up, um, Jay. Go ahead, you can call. I know this is a little delayed, so. Um, I'll wait. So last week was, um, I have so much going on. And I'm happy that I'm feeling a lot better than last week. Um, Jay, you can go ahead and call uh, the number that's on here. Sorry, that was me um, texting Jay to let him know. Um, just to recap, um, June 25th, June 26th, all lady DJ lineup. Uh, let me see if I can share with you again what that looks like. Um, hi. What's going on? So you're on live. Okay. So how are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh, you know, I, I had the COVID shot, uh, the, oh. the vaccine shot on Friday, so I'm still recouping from The first one? The second one. Oh, so you're- The first you're... one just lasted a day. The second one lasted a little longer. Okay. So tell me a little bit about each poem, if you have a little time, um, sure. because I know my interpretation is probably, um, <laughs> you know me, but um, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being professional. Oh, okay. This is, our, this is my first time on the air Okay. Uh, in this capacity. I actually muted the computer screen because I had my headphones so there won't be no okay. feedback. Um, so give us a little so bit about life because that's okay. that's the one that I, I enjoy the most. 
um, because you put it in perspective. Um, but I want I want to hear from you. Um, what exactly? How, when did you write this? What were you thinking at the time? How old were you? Okay. Um, well, let me just say, I am a huge believer. I mean, all these things, of course, I'm saying that you are aware of, but because the audio, audience doesn't, so I'll pretend as if you don't know these things. I am a huge believer in astrology, um, have been uh, most, most of my life. In fact, uh, the church I came out of, uh, we had a priest who was an astrologer. And so, you know, they taught it. So that being said, I'm, I'm a water sign. I'm very, uh, very emotional. I'm very in tune with my emotions. Now, of course, I'm not, uh, I never uh, attack anybody or whatever. I feel that everybody is on a path or should be on a path to learning whatever they define as truth. So that being said, uh, I have been, one of the things that helped me, I was also an only child, and a lot of times I grew up, um, I didn't have an outlet, I didn't have siblings, even though I had cousins, uh, no one really underst you know, understood me, so that gave me the time to understand myself. I have always kept a journal since I was 12, and so depending on my mood, um, I'll write off the cuff, whatever I'm feeling. So a lot of times, um, if I'm feeling about, uh, if I'm feeling a certain way about life, um, I'll write about it. If I'm feeling a certain way about relationships, I'll write about it. If I'm feeling a certain way about anger, I'll write about it. Um, I'll write about my discoveries of the higher self and, um, you know, because it, you know, I'm I'm older now, so I had to, I had to unpack a lot of feelings uh, because the leaders in charge of of my generation didn't answer questions. They um, uh, they just told you this is what it is and this is the way it should be, and of course uh, those kind of things create dysfunctional adults because they give you this formula that they themselves did the investigate that was handed down to them from the previous generation and then when you apply it and it doesn't work they don't have an answer for that so in retrospect just writing about life it I'm when I wrote it I just you know it's just what I was feeling at the time Well, that's a good description. <laughs> so how, how do you how do you see it now at your age? Like, do, is there a part two life, like life beyond? Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, I am now reaching, um, you know, I, I'm in a different phase of my my adulthood, I'm getting, I'm older. I'm not old, but I'm older. Um, but I'm not 
not as young as I used to be. And because of that, I have to listen to my body. I have to have to be in tune with my emotions because I've noticed that uh, stupidity angers me more. Um, lack of care for your fellow person, that upsets me. Um, things like that. And so I have to watch my blood pressure. I have to exercise. I have to eat healthy. And a lot of my friends that are my age are not adhering to that. Um, they still, you know, they still have a 20 or 30 year old mentality in a 50 plus body and it doesn't work. So they don't want to cut down on their drinking. They don't want to cut down on their smoking. They don't want to cut down on the bad foods they eat. And those kind of things terrify me. Um, and so now some of them um, have been hospitalized. Uh, some of them are, are very uh, sick. And even in some incidents, when they come through it, they still are not getting uh, the message. So part of what I'm thinking about as I age now, as I, as I come into this new, or, this, or I would say this uncharted territory, um, see, you, you can be blessed by living old, to be old with your health. But the trade-off is people that you were close to and grew up with, they, go, they may leave before you do. And so you're left to deal with the emotions of either watching them die or watching, yeah, and watching their families suffer, uh, having to say your goodbyes, and then make an adjustment with that. And so I've been thinking a lot about that this weekend because um, I actually had a, two or three close friends uh, have uh, very close calls. In fact, I have one friend who's um, really not doing that well at all. And uh, we, we go back to grade school. And so um, I have to adjust to that because I know when my my daughter, who's 13, uh, she, she hurt really, she, she was devastated when her grandfather passed away. She was devastated when um, my cousin passed away. And I couldn't comfort her when she said, you know, I don't want you to die. Um, is there, you know, is there any way, you know, in her innocence, she was like, is there any way, you know, that you could stay here? And I said, no, I said, you know, life is to prepare you for the transition. And so I said, hopefully by the time when it's my time to go and you're still here, um, you'll have people depending on you for strength. And so you'll be able to adjust accordingly. That isn't to say you're not going to miss me and you're not going to have your moments, but that's what life teaches. And so I'm always big on that. So that was that was a little bit by um, life. 
So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. So I'm assuming what you just said, not assuming, I, I'm taking it in of what you just said, that right. some of that includes this poem, The Love Scars That One Earns. Um, or was this specifically love as in a relationship with another woman or love as in just in general? Well, um, the, the one about, you know, with, 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 with the affairs of the heart, I have always, um, in, in the past, in my youth, um, I believed in, you know, love blindly, um, but I wanted it to work. Um, I have been twice married. The first time I was 19. Um, and I remember the older folks were telling me, it's too young, you're too young, you're too young. And, you know, I was determined to uh, prove everyone wrong. And, of course, that didn't happen because... And, is it, and isn't that what you were just saying before? Like, you're, you're, we're, when we were growing up, we were just told what to do. But Absolutely. we were never told, like, why? why? Why were you too young to get married? They wouldn't explain that part, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of got the idea why my uncles were saying it because their whole thing was, uh, you know, sow your wild oats and conquer as much as you can, and, you know. But you know, it, I've always been an observer, and you know, not to criticize those who who were uh, responsible, you know, for me or my upbringing as an uncle or an older cousin. You know, I look at their relationships. And you know, this is why I try to live this way with my children. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, I try to lead by example, you know. So I always I always tell my, especially my my grown son and my teenage daughter about my shortcomings, and uh, and I tell them, you know, you're going to make your own mistakes, and you're going to do, you know, you're going to learn, you're going to learn the hard way. Uh, I always tell them. You know, if you don't do the things that you need to do and you do the things you want to do, eventually uh, life will have a foot for your ass <laughs> and you will you will end up doing the things you have to do right. because you end up doing the things you wanted to do. So there's, there's always a consequence, you know, and I, I live by that example because um, I... Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have uh, best education growing up, although I knew stuff. Um, and so that has cost me. And I, that's why I stress good education for my children. Um, in fact, uh, my son, I'm very proud of the fact that my son uh, was in the who's who of junior high schools, who's who of high school. And when it came time to go to college, he had a full scholarship to a top university. Um, and everybody said, well, you know, what's your secret? And I said, uh, you know, mother's heart, father's foot. I kept my foot in his ass. <laughs> and uh, those things worked. Because, you know, what are you going to do? Get a job like me and work? I mean, I'm in, I'm in school now. And, you know, probably will be for the rest of my life. Um, but that's okay because um, I love learning. In fact, 
somebody told me because I didn't have uh, uh, the I didn't go to high school because I, I dropped out. I dropped out as junior high and didn't even go to high school. I went to night school, got my GED, ended up going to college, but then again back to the the leaders again. You know, my mother uh, beat me in the head with the guilty stick and caused me to make me quit school to help her out, saying, "Oh, you can go back any time," but that took me twenty three years to. Get get back into school right. because life happened and you know you can't sit around and be bitter because things didn't go your way the way you thought they should you have to look at your life as it is and be grateful for the little things and uh, my my son had asked me one time uh, do I have any bitterness towards my mother uh, for manipulating me into quitting school and I said no because if if I hadn't listened to her and did what I wanted to do, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You know, and I can't imagine my life without my son or my daughter right. in my life. And it wouldn't have happened had I not followed that predestined path. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I always think that, you know, some people in you, if you think about it, there are certain people in your life you would not know them if you hadn't been late for an appointment or if you had got off at the wrong train stop or you happened to go on a trip and got off and bumped into them. You know, I, I'm fascinated with, with stuff like that. That's, you know, but that's me. Not everybody believes that. You know, there's some people who believe. In fact, I just heard somebody who I follow on Instagram. Um, uh, she's, uh, she's actually a, a celebrity and occasionally uh, I'll, I'll leave a comment and she'll respond and I'll say, oh, so-and-so responded to my comment. Well, she just said today um, she was in the midst, there was, a, there was an earthquake. Uh, she, she lives on the West Coast. There was an earthquake and she thought that the, uh, the rapture was coming. She thought the sky was going to open and she was going to see Jesus. And so she said, <laughs> I don't know how serious she was, but I know there's people who believe that. And she said she didn't want the Lord to come down and um, knock at her door and she'd be naked because she said she was sleeping naked in her bed. But it's funny what people believe and what they accept. And, uh, and I, I, I support anybody who believes anything, but I always tell people, you must investigate what you believe. Otherwise, you're just you're believing in something you don't know if, right. it's, you know, if it's true or not. You know, but that's folks. So I'm going to leave the last one for best because you did warn me that it was adult content. And I told you that's what we wanted. We wanted to start adult content um, creation. <laughs> yes. And um, this poem, um, it got a lot of feedback, positive feedback, um, because mm -hmm. one of the things that, um, and I will give you those at the end. One of the things that I noticed um, about the feedback is that people that didn't that don't know you were 
curious, right? So now, now they heard the voice, then they saw, you know, the, the written form and their feedback was very interesting. And um, I've been told over and over again that, you know, I have this ability for, for good, I'm a good listener and that I'm the type of person that people will open to talk to me, right? Um, you've been hesitant to come to talk, but I'm glad I brought you in, <laughs> yeah. even if it was through poetry. Yeah. But um, without getting the women's panties wet, give us a little <laughs> bit uh, of how this, like, are you, is this in general about women? Is this in general about um, sex? Is this in general about, like, w was this about something else that we can't capture because we're so caught up with the sex part? Um, give us a little bit of, of the history on this one. Well, for me, I've always enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed um, intimacy. I've always enjoyed, uh, sex was more than an act. It was, um, you know, I'm trying to find the right words um, because Early on, um, I had very good teachers, um, and I was always open to, to constructive criticism um, from those that were teaching me uh, what to do. And so um, I know how it's viewed in society. Um, but I remember, you know, by a lot of people. And I remember um, one of the early arguments I had, um, we had in my, my marriage, my first marriage, um, was that I got married so that I could, so that, so that uh, sex could be consensual. And uh, at that time, I just didn't grasp it. And of course, and I'll just say for the record that, um, I am, and I and I admit, I am a, I am an, um, I'm a, I'm sometimes difficult to, under, to understand, and I've been perceived as odd, or you know, and I and I run into a lot of, I would run into a lot of women who had a lot of emotional um, issues. Uh, I'm a, and I also want to say I'm a very um, firm believer in um, therapy um, and, I'm, and I'm speaking from personal experience and a lot of people uh, in the because um, I, I mostly dated um, I grew up even though I'm considered uh, biracial on paper I grew up my mother raised me my mother is a um, black woman from the south and I was raised by that family and um, and I wasn't raised by my uh, the white half of my family, so I grew up, you know, uh, with only mostly uh, black women, and um, and so I, I I know especially in my thirties when I was uh, searching after my uh, second divorce, um, I would come across a lot of women who were um, emotionally abused, 
physically abused, um, may have been uh, molested at a young age, and so the trust just was not there. Um, but in spite of all of that, I was patient and uh, compassionate. And at some point in my life, uh, lovemaking became an art for me. Now, I say that to, I want a preference. It didn't turn me into a hoe, because I was not a, I was not a hoe. Like I have, I have male friends, well, that, you know, when they would have these tastes for sex or, 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 um, or addictions, they would go from woman to woman. I, that was never me. I was always happy with the person I was with. And when that didn't work out, I moved on. And it was consensual, meaning I didn't just, I didn't ghost them. I said, you know, this isn't, this isn't working out. And this is why it's not working out. And uh, I think we should go our separate ways. Well, because there was no room for working it out because uh, either the person was very controlling, very demanding, and um, and that's and that was another thing that that bothered me. Um, there was a lot of there, well, I don't want to say a lot of it's a, that's a bad word to keep saying, but the the women that the women that I involved myself with, um, some of them were um, they had never. Some of them had never had orgasms or never had intense orgasms. And when you come into the picture and you do that for a person, for a woman that has never had that, then they're like, oh, my God, you know, I got to lock him up and throw away the key. <laughs> and, now, and now suddenly uh, if you say, oh, I'll call you tonight when I get off of work, and the boss has you working late, and you go home because you're tired, and you say, oh, I'm too tired to talk. I'll just go to bed and go to sleep, and I'll call in the morning. You wake up the next morning, and there's all these phone messages. Where are you? Where, why didn't you call me back? And all so, this craziness. So we, and, we, we have a question. So... Okay. You, when you married the first time, how old were you again? 19. So someone's asking, um, if so you were married three times, right? The first time Two. was, okay, sorry, twice. The first time you were 19, and then mm -hmm. the second time, how old were you? And, 29. Okay, so that's 10, a decade later. What, yes. what in your head were you going through to make you feel open enough to do it again the second time because obviously the the second time it didn't work to have a third time so what what um if it, without giving specific details what can you right. tell us about what were you feeling 10 years later that you felt that you could do it again okay so the first marriage um i had met my first wife, we met when we were 17, and we were in love, and 
um, when my mother uh, made me quit school, I was in another state, and uh, my first wife was from that state. And so my compromise with my mother was, okay, if I'm going to uh, come back home and do all this, then I want to get married. I mean, I was, I had a, I had a five-year plan. My plan was that by the time it was 23, 24, well, I have enough money for a down payment to have a house. You know, I was thinking the future. I didn't, I've always been the kind of person that if, if I was satisfied, I didn't need to go any further or look any further. That's just been me. But again, we were young. And uh, the other thing was, is that um, my, uh, my first wife, uh, and this is a matter of public uh, record because I did an interview uh, back in 07 um, with Essence Magazine. Um, I think it's still out there on the internet. Um, it's called uh, Raising Another Man's Child. Um, but when I, when my first wife, she had lied to me and we had a child at 21 and uh, for five years, I was under the impression that was my child. I mean, she looked like me. Everybody thought it was mine. Um, and it wasn't until the child was five that it was revealed she wasn't my child. And I was devastated because she took her away from me. And without, there was no DNA testing. There was nothing. And I had to deal with a lot of emotions. Okay. So uh, later on, after our divorce, and some years later, I met my second wife, um, who had a child, uh, who was a baby, but, but uh, there was no interference from uh, his biological uh, father. And she told me it was a package deal. She was divorced. I was divorced. We were both. Um, I was a little older than her by about two or three years. And it just it felt right, and I really, I really loved her um, because I, I really did. I wouldn't have taken that that plunge if I didn't. And she, she turned out to be uh, more emotionally uh, scarring than my first wife. But um, I would have, you know, I would have, I would have stuck with it. I would have, um, I would have worked with it. But one thing I don't play with, I always say, um, um, I don't want to be with anyone that doesn't love me. I don't want to force anybody to love me that doesn't want to love me. And so um, that's that. That was where I was at. Um, and so we, uh, you know, we went our separate ways, and uh, I just didn't feel the need to get married a third time. What, how do you view marriage now? What, what do you think I, it, it is? I'm all for it. Uh, personally, I'm for it. I'm not against it, as I was telling my, my son. Uh, but at, I mean, I'm 55. So at 55, I have no, me personally, I don't have a desire to get married. It didn't work for me the way I wanted it to work for me. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm against 
I'm against it because uh, you know my uh, my son is actually uh, with somebody, and I actually uh, I like and I was telling them this. I said, you know, it's really for young people. I, I this is my own my own feelings on it. Not is your opinion? Else yeah, is your opinion? Mm-hmm. This is my opinion on it, and um, uh, I just didn't. I just think it's for younger people who are planning uh, again. And this is this is based on me. Um, you know, <laughs> this this got me. Um, um, what was I going to say? Um, so, so you don't look at it like a business because I see it as a business. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Okay. It's 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 all it's 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 love. It's it's partnership, mm-hmm. and it's it's finances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have friends right now. Um, who've been who've been married for quite some time, and or, or I should say, my marriage friend. A lot of my married friends want to be single. A lot of my single friends want to be married, and uh, they're a hot mess because they they don't have anything planned. Um, the, the married ones are miserable. Not all of them, but a lot a lot of them are miserable. And and I said, why don't you just divorce? But there's so much property, children, things tied up, um, and they can't uh, get out of it. Um, so you have to choose wisely. Um, I went out on what I started to say before is that it, also this is based on um, my dating experiences um, past my second marriage. I would especially, especially in my late 40s and early 50s, um, I would meet women sometimes online or have conversations for the first time. And the first thing they're talking about is marriage without even getting to know me. Um, as As I told you, it's, it's it's a running joke, but you know me. I I'm very uh, you know I'm funny, but it's it make what makes it funny is there's some truth in it. So I remember there was this woman who said to me, um, "Have you ever been married?" And I said, "Yes, I've been married twice." And she said, "Oh, third time's the charm." And I said, "Well, why do you want to be married?" And mind you, this is our first conversation. And she said, because I never had my day, and I deserved my day. I, you know, I had this child, and I didn't have my day. And I said, you do realize marriage is more than just a day. Right. I said, you do, you do know, there's the, you know there's all the after and stuff. And so then she said to me, why don't you want to get married? And I said, well, and I think she was about um, seven years older than me, so I was... 50, she was 57 at the time. So I said, well, it's like this. You don't really get to know a person in 10 years. So we'll get together and in 10 years, I'll be 60, you'll be 67. And I said, then another 10 years will go by. Now I'm 70 and you're 77. So she said, so what are you saying? I said, well, I don't think that's enough time at this point in our, our lives 
to fall in love with each other. I need you to repeat that again. <laughs> For all the females that are listening, you said when you were 50, you met this person. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I, I really I really want people to pay attention to what you just said yeah, because sure. a lot of women they do this. They they fall in yeah. love with the idea of the wedding oh, sure. part. Oh sure. As Hollywood's to... part is the blame for that. It, it, well, again, these are my opinions. Right, yeah. right, right. You know. But she was fifty seven, I was fifty, and I told her, I said, ten years will go by really fast and before you know it, I'm sixty, you're sixty seven. And then the next thing you know, um You'll be changing her diapers. Yeah, exactly. I said, I said, I said, uh, and you know, then I'm 70 and you're 77. And she said, so, so what's your point? I said, the point is, I don't know if we would love each other enough to change each other's depends. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I'm thinking realistically, right. um, how, how your body changes, you know, whether you want to accept it or not, the body is changing. Agreed. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm sorry, I know there's a whole campaign against... Well, this R. is a Kelly. retiree group. You know, most of yeah. my listeners are yeah. people who are 50. No, but I, know there's this, I know there's this I know there's, there's this whole thing against R. Kelly, and I, 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 I get that. But in that song that he says, my mind is telling me yes, but my body is it's saying me no. no. I mean, that's... That's my reality. Sometimes I'll get up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And, it, and my mind will say, yeah, you could do that. And my body will be like, uh-uh-uh. You know, my knees will get out or, or something or, you know, and I'll have to stretch a little more. I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality. Right. I want to be, I, I'd love to be like uh, Ron Isley in the, uh, <laughs> in the, uh, the verses uh, last night against Earth, Wind, and Fire. Everybody was talking about how great Ron Isley looked. At seventy nine, you know that's that's a goal for me. I want to look. Like that, I like yeah. to look good and feel good at seventy nine, but can't do that eating, uh, you know, Doritos, junk food. <laughs> junk food. It's just like the people who tell me. As I have I have a couple of people who are anti vaccine, mm -hmm. and they said to me, uh, um, they'll say to me, I don't want the vaccine. I don't know what's in it. I said, oh, okay. You know, later on, I'll say, um, have you gone to, um, have you gone to, um, what's that spot? Um, Papaya's. I said, have you gone to Papaya's on 72nd Street? That's a hot dog spot. And they're like, oh my God, I love them hot dogs. I said, you know what they put in hot dogs, right? And they go, no. And I said, oh, but you'll eat it. But you don't know what's in that damn vaccine. I say, I'm getting that damn vaccine because I don't want to, you know, actually, I mean, I, I've known a few, I know a, a few people through and family members or relatives who've had COVID. I know some people who died uh, from it, but. Um, so what would, what would you tell your 13 year old daughter? Like how, how to, how would you express now that you know what you know? How would you express, you know, any interaction, conversation regarding marriage or what would you, what would, well, as a father, what would you say to her? Well, based on, I'm an avid reader. I study things and I study behavior patterns and I, and I also know about, um, 
you know, uh, daughters hero worshiping of their father, if, you know, if the father is worthy of it. And so I would, and I know she, I know she looks to me for everything and I'm, I'm the cool dad. In fact, uh, she told me with her friends, I'm a, her friend says, uh, says I'm a, I'm a vibe. <laughs> That's funny. You know, dad, you know, dad, you're the cool dad. But I was the cool dad with my son. And so like, because her friends were, she they were having a FaceTime and they were like, uh, hi dad, you know, they called my daughter's name and called the, you know, her, her dad. And, and they said, how are you, sir? And I said, uh, don't serve me. I said, I better not catch you all on Instagram doing the Busset Challenge. And they all fell out because they, and then they said, hey, you're not supposed to know about that. I said, yeah, I know, uh, but I do. And I'm watching you and my daughter was cracking up. And so, you know, what I would, what I would tell her is that she has to define, she has to determine what it is she's really looking for. I, I mean, I would hope we would communicate, like if she's feeling a certain way, if she's feeling uh, an affection for a male, um, she would um, tell me and I would give her my honest opinion, like, you know, what to look for, what to watch out for. And that, the one thing that they never, we never see in our early 20s is that people evolve. Um, you know, my first wife came back to me years later and said, you know, you were ahead of, you, you were ahead of, uh, you were ahead of yourself. You know, the things you knew, I just, just couldn't accept at that young age. I wish I knew then what I know now. That's what she said. And do you think and, it's because the way girls were raised back then? Like we were told, like, you have to get married. Like you have to, I mean, we're always, we were always, especially African-American and Latina, we were always told what to do. And, oh, I, sure. and I think that's why a lot of men your age now, they have this weird look on their face like, oh, you don't want to get married? You're one of those? You're independent? Like, it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, I, I told somebody, <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, my, um, my second wife, um, she would, um, I remember when she was, seeing this guy when we were breaking up, we had separated and she would see this, this guy. And I remember um, he used to call the house. And if I answered the phone, he would hang up. This is before you had like the advanced technology. Star 69, star 69. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, we couldn't see. And so he, and I, and I would say, you know, hello, and it would hang up. And then when I left, and she moved them in. It was weird because I would call, I wouldn't hang up, but I would call and he would answer the phone. And I would simply say to him, oh, can I speak to your wife? Because she was no longer my wife. And I, I was I was okay with that, I, you know. Um, but it was just weird because um, I always told people, I said, you know, if you can look at the person you're with, I said, you know, when they were seeing each other, they were all dressed up, looking nice, because that's what it's like. You know, you go out on dates, you go to the best lounges, you, you look your best, you smell your best. You know, that's no love is when you wake up next to the person and you just see the crud in their eyes and smell that 
dank breath. All right, all right, all right. And be ready to kiss them. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, and you can still say, I love that person. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's when you've evolved as a person, you know, because, you know, when you're with that person, you don't always see them at them at their best. Right. And you can still you can still love each other. That's that's what real love is. And those are the things people don't think about uh, when they think about the ceremonies. You know, they think about the ceremonies. They think of they think about people coming there. Right. I mean, me personally, I love going to weddings because uh, go to receptions. I can eat free food. food. Yeah, I can dance. I can drink. And you know, I can drop off an envelope. It's it's the, the bride and groom that don't get to enjoy their own wedding because they're going around thanking everybody. They're posing for pictures. Uh, there's speeches given. Bills to pay. Not, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right, right there and then. Yeah. Um, somebody I know, I'm trying to think. Somebody I know, I'm trying to think who it was. Either somebody told me recently or somebody I know, the wedding was uh, $60,000. It took out a loan to have this big wedding. This is before COVID. And um, and I said, gee, I hope the marriage lasts longer than the bills do. Wow. On that note, <laughs> what, what, what made you come today and share your poems with us? Um, was it just the two hundred dollars, or you really want to start getting yourself exposed? Um, well, just a little bit more open to something different. Yeah, I, well, I've been I've been holding you know I've been holding back from you know I know you and I have been talking for a long time, and originally we were going to do like a joint podcast, and I wasn't ready because I had so much stuff going on. It, Congratulations on all your <laughs> I mean, really, congratulations because. You know, I've been on your butt on a lot of it, um, <laughs> but you got it done, you know, and that's what friends are for. Like you really need, oh, absolutely. you know, I know absolutely. a lot but of it people. Wasn't about, it definitely wasn't about the money. I mean, the money is nice, but yeah. no, it definitely wasn't about the money. But I do know uh, that people look at us and they're like, nah, there has to be something there. No, we're, we're really good no. friends. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah very good friends. And um, it's not a conflict of interest you joining because the votes are being done, you know, properly. And, yeah. but, yeah. um, I am, I am congratulating you for your journey, to, no matter what you've been through. And, um, sure. well, you know, honestly, um, one of the poems, I don't remember which one, but one of them I wrote some time ago because I don't know if you remember, but, uh, we all went, you all took me to, uh, the, there was a bar, and they had poetry reading. And I said, "The Lennox Cafe." Oh, no, yes. the one over there, the one over there near Broadway and a hundred and hundred and oh, six. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that they changed the name. And, yeah, we went in there, and they had yeah, we went in there, and they had a poetry contest. And I'm listening to these poems, and I'm like. I should read one of my poems because I'm always writing stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah, do that. And so we never went back, but I always, but I, I have a ton of stuff I write. I write okay. all the time. Good. So we can, yeah. you can always come back and share some more. Um, when you feel more comfortable, we can do a, a duo. Yeah. 
to talk more sure. about relationships because you have your opinion does count whether you want to believe it or not. Um, again, I'm not a specialist. I'm not certified. I'm not a relationship specialist. Um, we're just real people talking about real issues and in a very mature way um, because I think everybody, like vloggers today are so caught up with the nonsense and, and, and there's a real world out there, um, you know. Yeah of yeah. people who have experienced certain things and can really yeah. relate. So like there's a lot of bloggers who may be certified, but have never experienced. So I, exactly. I would rather listen to people who have gone through experience as opposed oh, yeah. to being certified, you know, because they're, they're just certified based on what they had to learn from people who were experiencing those things sort of kind of say. But I thank you so much, um, Jay, okay. um, Lawrence, and um, for everybody else, once again, um, Oswald Feliz, you can watch the interview with him and I um, on YouTube or audio through all of the platforms that I mentioned earlier. Sure. June 25th, June 26th is the All Ladies Lineup DJ. I will start um, emailing them individually so that they can have, if you want one of the young D ladies um, DJ here, Ladiva, I do have an interview with her. You can always go to YouTube and find out what her life is all about. And I'm working with her on other things. Um, so I will be touring. Um, I will be out and about interviewing people out in the street. And so I, I can't deal with this COVID. And that's one of the reasons why me personally, I took um, the vaccine because I, I I just don't want to be left behind and then there's none left or, you know, never know. Take it while it's there and that's it. Um, I will be reaching out to Tatiana. So maybe next week she can join us and she can talk about her two poems because the deadline for the submission of the votes is April 15. And so that people can get to know Tatiana a little personal, you know, get to know the, the, the people who submitted their poetry. On that note, thank you so much, Larry. I'm gonna hang up with you now. Okay. And have a good night and see you soon. And thank you for having me on there. Anytime. I hope I, didn't talk, hope I didn't talk too much and too long. Of course you did not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm. And um, where am I? So, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. We went overboard. Um, usually it's half an hour, but this time around, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Vaughn, and everybody else who I can't see from here. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, it's April 5th. You can find us everywhere. Go to my website. If you know someone who wants to join the Salty Coffee podcast, let them know to reach me. My phone number is there. They can text me. My uh, website is there. It's available. You can always reach out to me. Female, male, it doesn't matter. I'm good with any of those. So with that said, I am out. I love you.
come down But in the end you know what goes will come around mm -hmm. We could have been doing 